Hey guys, welcome to Bagging Podcast, episode number 480. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out May 18th, 2022. Well, we followed up with our weekly rotating main topic, and this week we're taking a look back at some of the new number ones we read in the monthly look back for April 2022. Yeah. But to start us off, guys, we've had a break. We've been on vacation. I've been on vacation, hanging out with Chris. We were drinking. And why should we stop now that we're back to work? We shouldn't. Let's just keep drinking, guys. Let's do it. Yes. And I'm actually drinking a beer that Paul sent me. Uh, This is something that, John, you had had on the show, I believe. I think you had it. I had one. No, actually, I don't. I think I had one of their beers, and it was a while ago. I haven't had this one. I thought maybe you did. Um, But coming from Thin Man Brewing, uh, in collaboration with Every Time I Die, Rest in Peace, comes their Then We Wore Lager, 4.9% ABV. Uh, Paul, I appreciate this very much. Thank you for sending me this. Uh, This is just a nice drink of a lager. There's nothing stand out about it. There's nothing to detract from it. It, It's a beer that you can easily just sit there and drink. Um, And I'm glad to have this as a fan of Buffalo beer and every time I die. So thank you, sir. You're welcome. And uh, shipping prices have gone up, guys. I don't know if you knew that or not. (laughs) Yes. Yes, they have. This was good. Uh, I am drinking something that John did recommend to me. And, you know, this is, uh, you know, for a while now I've been picking up these uh, variety packs and I've been uh, lamenting that they come four different variety of beers with only three cans of each of those beers. And, John, you said, hey, Paul, you should pick up Firestone Walker, the Mind Haze, because guess what, buddy? Three different varieties of beers with four cans each. And that's what I'm drinking tonight. I'm starting off with the Mind Haze Citrus Cyclone IPA. These are all 6.2% alcohol by volumes. All, I think, the base IPA, just with different flavor additives. I might be wrong about that. I didn't read the label. It's the same Mind Haze beer, but they are changing things up. So this one is using, like, this one's using the same recipe, but different hops. The other one's using uh, coconut and hops to give it a little more tropicalness and the other one this is you said you're drinking the citrus yeah citrus cyclone and the other one's like double dry hopped i believe ah okay it's the hop the hopical crush um no and this is a nice drinking ipa it does come off with a little bit more of the grapefruity like lime kind of like cit- citrus flavors not big orange not a big juice bomb but still got a juiciness to it um 6.2% makes it easy to, you know like it's not quite a session, but for this kind of big flavor, like that's the trade-off you're going to get. Is you know, it's another point point percentage higher in alcohol. Um, beer before glory, and I say this is that's what it says on the can, and I say this is a pretty glorious beer. So I am very happy so far with this variety pack. John, what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, I am drinking from Lawson's Finest Liquids. Their Double Sunshine. With ruby red grapefruit. Ooh. What? Uh, this beer 
uh, coming in at 8% is delicious, and at 8% is it, way too crushable. Ooh. Uh, that grapefruit is just, like, perfect with those slightly bitter hops. Gives you this nice little tartness. I am halfway through this beer, and I literally opened it right before we started recording. So I'd say five, six minutes I've drank half of this 8% beer, and I'll probably crush the rest by the time it's... uh, We're done with the... Oh, I I was letting you finish, but I was going to... You you gave me the... uh, I am interrupting. Oh, no, no. I'm like, oh, come to me after you're done. I I thought that was Mm. the symbol. Mm. We we should have worked out these symbols over the past 12 years. We have never, and that's why this show is a fucking train wreck. I was going to ask, so, Genesee... Grandbear, uh, grapefruit, Kolsch. Is this just the bigger boy of that beer, or is it a different animal completely? It's a different animal completely. It's a early New England, West Coast, slightly juicy IPA with ruby red grapefruit. Mm. So it's totally different versus a, a grapefruit Kolsch. Okay. But both crushable, both easy to <laughs> Both, both. Super crushable. This thing is ridiculous. And how easy it is to Both deliver drink. grapefruit flavors. Yeah. So you can understand my comparison. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on from that dismissive sure. <laughs> Guys, there was a lot of news that's happened in the past couple weeks since we recorded last. Yeah. Uh, Paul and John both got a year older. Yes. Yeah, happy we birthday. had birthdays. I'm 39. I'm 40. Oof. I'm now pushing 40. <laughs> I'm going to be there soon. Uh, I did not get another year over, but I got COVID, so that's really fun. So, <laughs> Hey, when you hey. don't have a birthday, that's what you get. That's... Happy birthday to you, Chris? <laughs> Everybody gets presents. Yay. Sorry, buddy. That's, that's why I sound disgusting. Really? Uh, but on top of that, uh, we did get some good news coming out. Uh, we have a new Doctor Who who's going to be taking over for Jodie Whittaker once she leaves the series. Uh, his name is Shudi Gatwa. I do not know anything that he's been in. I don't know much about Doctor Who in his current state. I have not watched it since the Matt Smith years, so this news doesn't affect me at all, unfortunately. Uh, I watched a little of Capaldi, and I, lo- I watched a little of Jodie Whittaker. And I like Jodie Whittaker's. Um, it just was we were having to – we were trying to stream it from our computer to our TV because we wanted to watch them as they were happening. And it was just a pain that we just never got around back to finishing it. Um but this actor is known for being in Sex Education on Netflix, which is a show my wife watches. And when I said, hey, this guy is cast, she's like, oh, he could be good. Like, hmm. So, it could be good. Could be good. It could be a good jumping on point, Paul. Usually, you know, when there's a new doctor, it is a good jumping on point. So, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Oh, it's a 16-point ounce can, too? Us, yeah. That is crushable if you're halfway through. That's you've already got through eight ounces. Yeah, I'm almost there, baby. So, I'm going to the moon tonight. Going to the moon. Uh, yeah, 
Other news. Uh, they announced that we all knew it was coming. That uh, Jedi Fallen Order, the video game, is getting a sequel. And it's going to be called Jedi Survivor. And it's going to be coming out sometime in 2023. Even though we all know video game release dates don't mean anything. Because they all get pushed back. So, but at least we got a title. Instead of, yeah. like, the earning calls that have happened, and they're like, and the sequel to Fall in Order. Or they'll just be like, an unannounced Star Wars game. Yeah. <laughs> so now it's announced! It's announced! It's uh, there! I recently finished Star Wars Fall in Order before the Disney trip, because, you know, it's... Cal Kestis' Blade is in, in uh, at Batu now, you know, and it is definitely in the canon, and man, that... It does have a lot of tie-ins to, like, Star Wars Rebels. It is a pretty fun game. It's not as... Like, when I first played it, I thought, oh, this is going to be just a long slog of, like, going back and forth, having to find the power, get the, you know, get the new traversal thing. But once you get going in it, it finishes quickly. Like, yeah. I don't think it's, like, more... There's not a- I mean, it doesn't have any side missions, really. Yeah. It's pretty much straight. You keep going, except now when you're replaying this level, the new things open up to you. Yeah. And um, if you want to go find all the secrets, <clears throat> get all his ponchos, get all the different color schemes for the ship, get all the different color schemes for uh, BD, who's awesome, by the way. That BD droid mm-hmm. is super cool. Uh, shows up in Book of Boba Fett. During the best episodes of Book of Boba Fett, um, you, I guess you could, and that, I'm actually playing the new, you know, new game plus in order to try to unlock and get all those different things now. Um, so I'm excited for Jedi Survivor a lot more than I thought I would have. If this announcement happened three weeks ago, I would have been like, eh, "I'll get, I play it when I get to it." Now I'm like, "Yeah, I'm ready for more of that." Yeah. Are you ready for more Avatar, Paul? I didn't watch Avatar until after I rode the Flight of Passage ride. And and I watched it three years after that. <laughs> uh, I only watched Avatar because Avatar, World, well, Pandora, the world of Avatar, was coming to Disney's Animal Kingdom. But we just had the official trailer for it released. Um, it looks good. And Effects are cool. Can't tell you anything about the plot. It's more just Navi and people and weird alien creatures. But given how I did enjoy the first movie after having watched it, I, I'll probably go see this one. I'm not going to be like knocking down doors to go get to it. Like It'll be a, oh, what's my next day off after it comes out? Okay, I can go then. Like I'm not going to be there day one or anything. What is the plot to Fern Gully 2? Was there a Fern Gully 2? Oh, there's always a Fern Gully 2. <laughs> I don't think there was. Uh, <laughs> don't uh, because, I mean, the first Avatar was just Fern Gully. Yeah, but it's okay. Fern Gully is a great movie, too. There's yeah. a fruit bat was in it? it? Or is that Thumbelina? No, that was, that was Fern Gully. Is Wasn't a, it Robin Williams? The yes, voices of, of uh, the there bat? is a Fern Gully, yeah. too. The Magical Rescue. Yeah, of course. There's always a Fern Gully, too. Uh, Krista is taking care of three baby animals and demonstrating greater control over nature. She and Pip's 
begin a small contest over who can grow the more impressive plant, while Pips expresses a desire to see more of the outside world. Suddenly, ba- oh, yeah. suddenly Batty Coda arrives in a paddock, warning that human poachers are right behind them. These poachers show up with their dogs and capture the three baby animals. Oh. Yeah. This is totally, to- totally Avatar 2. So Except with water. It's the way of the water. Because we all know that after uh, Avatar Ang came Avatar Korra, who was what? Water. Water? Waterbender. <clears throat> but just again, a blatant ripoff. Avatar is just trying to blatantly rip off Avatar yet again. I don't think so. I know. I'm just being... You're just trying to be difficult. Uh, And then a little bit of sad news, because this past week, we lost not one, but two superstar artists from the comic book world, with Neil Adams passing away at 80 and George Perez passing away at 67. Uh, Yeah. Uh, And Neil Adams, who worked very hard for artists in writer rights. So, I mean... The, the fact that most uh, artists and writers get paid a decent wage now is a lot due to him. And you know, yeah. thank, thank you. Thank you, Neil Adams, for making it a business where people want to be in it. I have to say it was nice to see the comic book creator community to like get out there, pay tributes to both these people before they passed. Like, because, like, Danny O'Neill, like, we got the issue, we got, like, what, in the um, 80th, the, what was it, the 80th anniversary of Green Green Arrow? What, what, what was that anniversary issue? We did a lot of, no, because they had the 80th for Green Arrow and, uh, like, the rest of the main core DC heroes mm-hmm. recently. So. And there was the tributes to the original creators, <laughs> some of the creators in those, but that was after they had passed, like, at least... Um, with, with these two guys, there was some tributes like in the books. Uh, I'm really happy that both Marvel and DC put away their differences and re, uh, like, got a printing of uh, JLA versus the Avengers again in order to raise some money for uh, George Perez. And yeah, um, sad to see him go. Sad that we won't get any work, more work from them. George Perez. I think is a big reason why I like Wonder Woman now because of his like his work on like really updating Wonder Woman is still the reason it that Wonder Woman is the Wonder Woman that we have now. Like everything before that is just kind of like just in the it, it's kind of been pushed aside and it's like uh well that yeah. George Perez Wonder Woman is kind of wonderful. Um, yeah, he's they're they're both and Neil Adams, giants, mm-hmm. giants in it. Green Arrow. Yeah. It, it, they had great bodies of work, and they lived to be old, old men. You know what? What else can you, you ask for? They didn't have five hundred episodes of podcast, but you know. Neither do we. Neither do we. <laughs> I was going to say, neither do we. <laughs> but, you know, it's we always enjoy looking back at the creators that we love. Uh, but sometimes, you know, it's good to look forward 
in their memory. So, guys, what comic books are you looking forward to coming out this week, May 18th? Uh, I'm looking forward to a new number one coming from Image Comics, and this is I Hate This Place, issue one. Uh, Trudy and Gabby are ready to start the next chapter of their lives together, except it's a home that has mysterious forces that are attracting ghosts, aliens, and all kinds of supernatural beings for decades. Is it in Erie, Indiana? Mm. Pretty much. Is it Warehouse 13? And they're going to have to create some house room, house rules in order to survive living among the most frightening creatures on Earth. Uh, Is it the CBS series Ghost? Yes. Yes. If what the description I just read about this book is that show you just mentioned. I I watched the original one on... um, BBC because they had it available. I can't remember if it was on like Hulu or Amazon. And I actually really liked the original one. I huh. don't think I want to watch the American updated version of the, it. But. Uh, it's the the British one is is pretty hilarious. Yeah. It's it's pretty good. I didn't know there was a British one. I knew that about that about being human. Also, the British one's better than the American one. And also about a house where. Vampires, ghosts, and... American Office? Better than the British one, though. I stand by that. Mm. Only after, like, season two of the American Office. Because season one, they tried to... Once they realized Michael Scott sucked, and, like, changed who Michael Scott was to make him 40-year-old virgin Michael Scott, that's when I agree. Yeah, I agree. Well, they... Uh, the, they, they do discuss that, too, on the Office Ladies podcast that's hosted by the actresses that played mm-hmm. Angela and uh, Pam, where they did do, like, a complete revamp of, like, the show after that first season because they heard the critiques and, like, feedback from people about what they liked, what they didn't like. Um, so they came back stronger, and, man, it, it worked out for them. <laughs> but, Paul, what book are you looking forward to? Well, we were talking about some of the world's finest uh, comic book creators with George Perez and Neil Adams. Uh, so I'm going to be looking forward to world's finest uh, Batman Superman uh, number three. This has been a fun series. We read number one uh, for our look back. Uh, I picked up number two. Haven't read it yet, as my as is my fashion. But um, I'm looking forward to number three as well because... Man, I just have a hard time reading comic books monthly. Like, I like picking up number ones, getting a taste of them, but then I usually want to just read the rest of it in a trade. Mm-hmm. This one, I did pick up number two. Uh, I'll pick up number three, and hopefully I'll read just two and three back-to-back and just get up going. Because I do really enjoy Mark Wade as a comic book reader. I loved the, the first issue, and this is actually something that <clears throat> I do want to keep up and continue reading. But something about Amazon, <clears throat> like half the books I try to buy off of Amazon now, it it flags it and says, oh, hey, someone's accessed your account. And they're making suspicious purchases. So uh, we, we didn't charge you for it. But it's me trying to sign on. So like this past week, I tried to buy the books that we were all going to be talking about. I tried to just catch up on my books. 
And out of like the 20 books that I tried to purchase, I think I was only able to get maybe like a dozen of them. And the rest, it said like, oh, hey, suspicious activity. Like you weren't charged for this. One of them, it was a new issue of the Magic the Gathering series. I tried to buy literally like 10 times today. And every single time I tried to buy it, I was like, whoa, might want to change your password. Someone's doing suspicious activity. It's like, it's me. I'm just trying to buy a comic book. It's me. And I changed my... You haven't my- bought enough magic cards on I- Amazon.com from Jeff Bezos to to be able to unlock the virtual power <coughs> I did, buy that comic book. I did all the stuff. I changed my password. I set up like the uh, two factor. like two factor authentication, and it's it's still happening. So it's just annoying. And I tried buying a different book after that, and it it purchased it fine. So I don't know what it is. Just more headaches after the Netflix. The Comicsology Amazon merger that just makes it a pain in the dick to buy comics. I hate it. Sorry. Uh, I, w- I went to a comic book shop uh, this Wednesday and bought one of my books for May, and I bought Paul's book for uh, the look back. I- I'm sorry. I wish it was better. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Um, I'm actually. Uh, drinking a beer from one of the breweries that we went to when Paul came down here. <clears throat> uh, this is from Sideward Brewing, and this is their Wildberry, and this is our Berliner Weiss with raspberry, blueberry, and strawberry. Uh, Paul, did you try this one when we were sitting at the pool? Because I brought a can to the yeah, resort. Yeah, yeah, That was really good. Yeah, it's a mm-hmm. delightful, like, fruit punch color. Um, it's not an overly is sweet it? berry. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a Delightful brown color, Paul. Okay, sure. it is brown. Okay, I thought it was just me. Yeah, that's what color fruit I'm punch is. I'm never sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, fruit punch is brown, bud. It's an oh, actual remind me, berry taste. Remind me to tell you the story about the victory <coughs> that I had over Kate. Hmm? You got it, bud. Okay, thank you. Uh, it's an actual, like, real berry flavor. It's not, like, super sweet. Um, it, it's a delicious hot day beer. Or, uh, you know, sitting around talking about comic books with your friends' beer. Um, I did pick this four pack up for Yanni, so there is one more sitting in the fridge for her if if it's able to survive the night. Uh, so, you know, I just got back from Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, Batu, built my own lightsaber, so of course I'm now watching a bunch of YouTube videos about the different colors in canon and what they mean. And we talked about Star Wars uh, Jedi Fallen Order, and that's where a lot of the canon colors are actually are right now. The only instances of the of some of the lightsaber colors, one of which being cyan. And I'm like, oh, cyan, that's equal parts blue and green. Kate's like, no, I don't think that is. I think it's a yellow. And I'm like, no, no, cyan, no, it's cyan. It's it's blue. <coughs> it's equal parts blue and green. And Kate's like, no, it's like one of the three colors in your in the print cartridge. Magenta being one of them, cyan, and then what's the other one? And she looks it up. And I was right. It's equal parts mm. blue and green. And I was so happy with myself. <clears throat> I did a little fuck, little, little march around the cu- the whole house saying, I know colors. I'm the king of colors. And fuck that bitch. <laughs> no. Don't say that's a little harsh. But I was very happy about that. Much like For the woman that gives you the most... Tr- like, anybody who's listened to this podcast knows that we give you shit about you not being able to see colors. Uh-huh. But that woman is like, 
evil with it with you. I don't think evil. I just think that I... She tells you you're wearing a color that you're not wearing as you go out. Oh, does she? Into... Yes! Maybe. Maybe she is being evil about it now. I just don't realize. Yeah, she's... Yeah, she's being evil about it, bud. Uh, but, Paul, what beer are you drinking? Oh. Also from uh, Firestone Walker. Uh, this is the, from their mine haze. This is the Hopical Crush IPA. Again, 6.2% alcohol by volume. Um, I don't know if... I don't see anything. I didn't read these cans, and maybe I should have. Um, this is okay. I, I think I like the next one a little bit more. Like, this one's supposed to have a little hint of pineapple. It does. It's a hint. It's good. If you remember, Paul, that's the one that I was... I. I was the least thrilled with. Yeah. It still is good. Yeah. I think all three of the beers are good. Um, but the next one, the the tiki one, is my favorite out of that box, yeah. and I think it's the best out of it. Out of out of this tropical, this hopical crush. It's it's got a little bit of the orangey juice to it, a little bit of, of the pineapple, but not a lot. It's it's you got to go hunting for the flavors. It's yeah, but it's, it's still okay. a solid beer. Yeah, but I. I like the limey grapefruitiness of the citrus uh, cyclone a little bit more than this tropical crush. Because again, both of them aren't huge juice bombs, though. These aren't yeah. so that far. style of beer. Mind haze too. It's a hazy beer, but it's not like a juice bomb beer. Yeah. And they're not overly like they're <coughs> easy drinking, but I wouldn't say, oh, these are super crushable. Like. Since you kind of got to go hunting for those flavors and you want to taste it, like it's slowing me down just a little bit. They're all better versions of Mind Haze, though. Okay. I believe you. And and I've had better versions of this Pilsner. Ooh. Uh, I'm having a Pilsner from Myers Creek Brewing Company, and this is called Float On By. I said, you know what? I'm going to go Pilsner. I'm going to cleanse my palate after this beautiful grapefruit beer. For the next IPA that I have, so I'm not just like IPA hoppy to another one. Uh, and this is the bad side of Pilsners. It's just a beer. It's just mediocre. I would probably rather have a Miller Lite or a, a Labatt Blue than this beer. Um, it's just blah. It's thin. It doesn't have any crispness, doesn't have any breadiness to it. It's just, um, it's just underwhelming. Would you rather have a Genesee grapefruit Kolsch? Oh yeah, I would take I would take a Jenny Kolsch for this, but I wouldn't. In the flavor profile that I was going for, is going something to clean my palate, uh, not uh, be like, hey, here's some more grapefruit. But maybe that would have been a better step. Right. Probably. <coughs> But, um, is that going to take us into a dramatic uh, reading? I still have to do my book. I jumped into the oh. Uh, oh. The, the beer just because I wanted to talk while I was still able to talk because my voice was been cutting out. Um, <clears throat> but I'm looking forward to a book coming back. And in celebration of its 20th anniversary, Fables is coming back with a new 12-issue limited series from DC Comics, uh, being written by original creative teams, uh, Mark Buckingham, art by Steve Leola. Uh, Twelve issues, going back to Fables, picking up right where uh, issue number 150 left off. So 
I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, Fable's consistently one of my favorite comic book series of all time. Um, I'm hoping it's still able to retain that magic and just the characters and the story, everything that brought me to it all those years ago, because it's been so long since we've been able to read a new fables outside of the Batman and Bigby book, which was, wasn't fables. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm, ho- I'm hopeful I'm, on this one. I feel like maybe I'm just being really cynical because I remember we were recording the podcast and fables got picked up to be a, te- become a television show. And then, once upon a time came out, and then we all realized that Fables got picked up to become a television show, so that ABC could sit on it and not let it compete with Once Upon a Time, and also Grimm was coming out at the same exact same time, which those two series felt a lot like Fables. Uh, I actually really liked Grimm. Uh, okay. Yeah, Grimm was good. Grimm was a uh, Grimm was a different yeah. take on on that stuff. Once upon a time, I think is definitely the worst fableish. Yeah. It's yeah. So now, do you think he's coming back to do more fables since those two television shows have been off the air for quite a while, and maybe he can get that I think, train going again? To get I think done? Bill Willingham wrote a hundred and what fifty issues with spin-off books yeah, and yeah. spent a lot of time on that that he was like I need a break and now 10 years later is like oh yeah I can do this again <laughs> I got more uh, stories to I think tell. actually longer because I think fables actually ended in like uh, I, I can I can research this one, one moment please <coughs> yeah no worries so you take the time I'm uh, gonna say hey I, I'm surprised that I'm the most cynical one on this episode guys hey Big turn for me. I know. I know. Cyan is equal parts blue and green. I know a color. That that hardly happens. And also, I'm cynical. Okay. About I was I was I was off. It was 2015 when it ended. Okay. What okay. was during so the time? Almost. Of yeah. Almost. <coughs> yeah. I will say when uh, I tell my my son got really into for a short time the story of the three pigs. Hmm. Yeah. We have to we'd have to tell it to him every single night. Uh, so I would always expand on that. So it wasn't just the big bad wolf. It was Bigby, the big bad wolf, who's, if I remember correctly, his mother was the North Wind. Father. Yeah. Father? Okay. That was one of those. Yeah. And uh, I'd give him all these extra, like, it's stupid it's, details. It's 2022. Like, it could be the mother if, it, if he wants to. Uh, and he'd just be like, all right, get to the story where he huffs and puffs. Like, shut up, Dad. More, more, more pig, more pigs running and scurrying into houses. He knows what he likes. <laughs> knows what he likes. Just like our listeners enjoy, I don't know if they enjoy. We enjoy doing, do we? Dramatic readings. And now a dramatic reading from Spaceman Number Radio Spaceman Number One, Page Two, Panel Three. General? Yes. Countess Rostakovich? Really? And that was a dramatic reading from Radio Spaceman number one, page two, <coughs> panel three. 
This feels like a BPRD book, like a Mike Mignola thing. Oh, it, it is. Is it okay? <laughs> just just all that one panel of those three word balloons. Yep. I hope I, I was going to her correctly. <laughs> I don't know. I was going to offer this book up as a uh, because Chris didn't really have a book, so I'm like, yeah, this one's a fun one. Uh, I'm sorry that you guys didn't like my book. Well, it's okay, because that's going to head us into our main topic, which, like we said up at the front of the show, is our monthly look back for April 2022. So we each picked a book that we're bringing to the table to read. Um, Mine was very pricey, so I didn't formally submit it, but I'll still be talking about it at the end. So, John or Paul, decide amongst yourselves who actually wants to start us off. Paul, why don't we talk about your book? Oh, yep. Let's talk about The Rocketeer, The Great Race. This is, uh, darn it, where I, is uh, st- written by Stephen Mooney, uh, art by Len O'Grady. And this feels like you jump right into a classic Rocketeer story. This is Cliff Secord. He's trying to go out and be the Rocketeer. You know, he hears about Nazis hanging out near his hometown. He's going to stop them. But it's wearing on him, man. And it's wearing on his relationship with uh, with Betty, right? Yeah. Uh, yep. Um, and he, he, he feels like he needs to stop. And once you know it, a great opportunity comes along. There's this crazy multimillionaire, uh, Elon Musk. I mean, what's this guy's name? I don't even remember. It doesn't matter. Uh, but he's going to basically give Sam Secord a heck of a uh, Cliff. Cliff. Or, why do I keep on saying Sam? I, I don't know. Probably because of West Wing. Um, Cliff Secord. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's too long for an episode title. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Um, he's going to front him the jet, front him the entry fee, pay him ten grand uh, to race his his new jet across uh, in this great race where they go across the country, then fuel up, and then take the other leg across to uh, London and then down to Paris. Honest work, dangerous, but not as dangerous as being shot at. And um, this is just the issue of him coming to terms with, like, maybe hanging up the Rocketeer, the Rocket, and uh, taking this job. Guys, what did you, what did you think? I, I enjoyed this issue. I had fun with it. I submitted it as the top of my stack out of the three books, which I had issues with the other two. I thought, okay, this is a good choice. This, this, everybody will like this one. And well, that's where you made a mistake. Yeah. Well, so what was so, wrong? So there's too much sitting around in an airplane hangar, not enough racing and punching Nazis. Um, my other main complaint <clears throat> is the artwork starts off really strong. Like, going back through it, looking at the pages of the Rocketeer flying, I'm like, okay, he, he nails it. Um, <clears throat> but later on in the book... It seemed like, uh, let me go back to the beginning so I can have the guy's name. Because it's actually the same guy who did the story and the art, Stephen Mooney. Leno Grady's the colorist. Oh, 
Um, ah. It seemed like he got too distracted with Lightbox tracing Betty Page for Betty. And even when you're looking at her from panel to panel on the page, it suffers from the Greg Land like, oh, well, you can tell he used a different picture of her for this panel, so the face is different. And meanwhile, Cliff's sitting on the bed and he looks completely like, oh, I just have to draw a guy here. Okay, it's done. Except the guy to dry with his shirt untucked. <clears throat> like, now let me find another picture of Betty Page to trace for this next panel, and it it really distracted me from the book. Uh, especially that page where there was like four of them on one on one page, because um, I read this in an <clears throat> actual physical copy. Uh, yeah, like the art is like. This guy grew up on cliffhanger comic books, but just isn't good enough to draw cliffhanger comic books. Granted, the guy has more artistic talent yeah, yeah. than I have. Absolutely. But it's not... It, he's trying too hard to maybe be some, an artist that is not him. And, I like, I could enjoy them sitting around the hangar and talking... If it was good dialogue, oh, it just fe- feels super forced, and he's like, and his computer like old timey slang. Ah, oh, this this one will work. He's gonna say a real humdinger, like I just, it just th- this book went all over the place, and like. When he gets into the back of the cab and he's like, those guys are always, the trench coats are always chasing me. And then he images Betty tied up in the back of the thing. Like, Imagines? I did, imagines. Okay. I'm mostly just like images. Well, it was an image, he, it was an image that he put there oh. of her tied up. Okay. I got lost. There, it, it just... I didn't like this book at all. And it suffers it suffers from the same thing of every time we read a Rocketeer comic book. It's just not interesting. Oh man. Uh and again, like I've watched the movie. I like the movie. This is no Rocketeer movie, <laughs> and the Rocketeer movie is not a good movie. <laughs> Wow. And even they name the 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 tech guy. They name him uh, Dalton. Dalton, yeah, Timothy rather. Dalton. Yeah, he's in the, the movie. Timothy Dalton was was <laughs> from the movie. Together, like, but yeah, <laughs> they made they 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 did that, and I was like, oh, they're referencing the movie. Man, I wish I was reading the movie, or I was watching the movie and not reading this comic book. Paul, your defense. I I, I thought it was fun. I. I didn't take the dialogue as stilted. I felt like I was listening to the characters from the movie. Because, like, yeah, the, the, maybe the dialogue was a little stilted in the movie, but I love that movie. It's one of the top comic book movies out there. Like, it's it, it's right there. It's right in there. Give me the multi the uh, Marvel movie retrospective. I'd fit it in there someplace. So, like... I'm sorry, I'm looking at page 17 right now where Cliff steps out of a moving car to yell at the car that's speeding up behind them. Yeah. Running him off the road. 
And then he says, like, those damn trench coats are always after me. Cheek, gee willikers. What's the big idea, huh? You fellas want to chat? Well, here I am. If I had a penny for every low life. Low rent, uh, trench coat, wearing goon, I've had to sidestep. It's, what, so what were the other two books that were on your possible list? <coughs> X-Men, House of X-92. X-Men 1992, House of X... Or... 92. Um, that sounds confusing. It wasn't... It's the X-Men cartoon series lineup. It's, and it's like as, as if we jumped in to watch an episode of X-Men from 1992, but it's actually retelling the story of the uh, the Jonathan Hickman Krakoa uh, that's happening now. And it wasn't very good because it, everything felt forced. If you think the dilogue felt forced and stint, stilted here... The dialogue would have drove you to bonkers, bub. In the bub? in the ninety two version, um, in this one we have Jubil, the the uh, the the catalyst for the X Men putting aside their differences with the Brotherhood of Mutants and joining together is the Sentinels attacked the the uh, uh, Xavier School for gifted children and end up killing Jubilee. And Wolverine's pissed about it. So that's why the X-Men and everybody bond together. They create their own island. Blah, blah, blah. We jump into the action in this issue where uh, they're they're on the satellite where Master Mold is going to be created on this, out, uh, this satellite platform. And uh, Boulevard Trask is going to release the, the ultimate sentinel. <clears throat> And that's that's the catalyst for everything going wrong in all the different futures that the X Men have seen. So the the X Men team is there to stop it and to get then revenge for Jubilee's death. And Wolverine takes up Boulevard Trask, but he was able to send the information on. And uh, later on in the issue, we le- realize that both Magneto and Charles Xavier are keeping a secret from all the other X Men. Can you guys guess what the secret is? Jubilee's not dead. Yes, exactly. Is that it? Yep. I sure, I sure write X-Men comic books. Yep. Sounds yep. sounds sounds pretty cool. And uh and and Wolverine, you know, kind of follows And what what was your other book? The other book with Death of the Justice League, Justice League number 75. And that was confusing as all heck. Because the issue starts off with all the Justice League on their different missions, and all of a sudden they're getting transported, teleported someplace. And they're getting <laughs> teleported to like a nexus point of the different multiverses, where President Superman from one of the different Earths, uh, Captain Carrot, uh, Captain Multiverse is there. All these characters that I just don't know. Uh, because they're they've been showing up in issues here and there since Multiversity with Grant Morrison, um, have been showing up, and they're there because they thought the Justice League of the Multiverse or whatever they're called are Justice League Infinite, 
uh, could have handled this crisis that was uh, about to unfold. Uh, and there is, uh, what's his name? Um, Pirate, 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 it kind of sounds like uh, the fish that kill up, eat everything. But Piranha? Kind of like Piranha, but it's a person that is an outcast. Pariah. 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 Thank you. I couldn't say, think of that In word. unison from the <laughs> B-Boys. Very good, everybody. Way to go with ver- uh, with ver- verbal charades. Um, Pariah is there, and he is unleashing... He's going to unleash his machine. It's the only thing that he thinks can save the multiverse. But the Justice League Infinite believe that it's going to destroy their world, destroy their worlds, and destroy the multiverse. And so he, Pariah unleashes the shadow, the shadows to fight the Justice League and also this Justice League Infinite. And uh, during this battle, the Justice League start to bite it. Was it an it interesting cool. story, at least? Cause it, I- no, because I felt like I needed to know so much more. Like, I felt like... And I'm known for jumping into part three of five. And yet here... I felt like this was part 8 of 16. Like, I felt like so... So, Paul, you're only halfway through it. That's where it gets good. Yeah. And and the, the thing is... But at one point, did they go like, Hey, I'm done being the Rocketeer. I'm gonna be your man. Oh, are you? Yeah. Hey, this guy, he wants you to be his pilot. Oh, yeah, I'll go meet with him. Hey, I got a dame. I'm not going to do that. Later on, Peeve comes up. Peeve comes up. Hey, you going to do this race? Nah, no, I got a girl. I'm just staring at this picture for no reason. Just staring at the picture. She walks in. She's like, we're going to Paris. Okay, I'll be a pilot. Like, (laughs) did that happen? Because I had to fucking suffer through that. I gave you... Hey, before I made my choice, I gave you the three... My three, uh, three books well, and my reasoning well, for why. Well, this is this is the point now. This is this. This is <laughs> we what pick we do? the book. Yep. We pick the book and we're gonna rip them to shreds. All right. Well, if they need it. All right. If they need, it. and apparently they needed it. No, I think the ju- it just there wasn't enough to latch onto. There was no character moments. It was just. I made the signal to say I have to get up and get my next beer. I forgot I brought them over here. Oh, nice. Whoops. I just, I just feel like in that Justice League book, <coughs> like we were just quickly moving on, like doing this, the next step that needed to happen in order to set up. Yeah, I mean, both issue. of these books, both of these books are like the the Watcher, Nick Fury, Fantastic yeah. Four book we we read the other time, like. Some of them just hit, and some of them don't. And it doesn't sound like either of those hit for you. Mm-hmm. And the, and your Rocketeer book was the 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 best out of those out of the three. three. And you guys, you know, you, you guys, if those seem exciting to you guys, you you're more than welcome to spend the money on them, like I did, and uh, read them <laughs> as well. Yeah. You know? John, yes, you had a book. I had a book, uh, and this year, guys, we've really enjoyed the uh, the Sean Murphy Batman White Knight uh, books. We read both of those trades for my trade and policies, 
And um, it just <coughs> luck, luck happens it. Uh, his third volume is starting in single issues, and that is Batman Beyond the White Knight. Uh, art uh, and written by Sean Murphy. And this is bringing... Uh, I want to call him Toby McGinnis. Terry. But it's Terry McGinnis uh, into the thre- into the into the limelight, and he believes that a that Bruce Wayne is led him to this bat suit, and uh, you are led to believe that too. But it is not the truth because when he starts flying out into the city, Batman sees Bruce Wayne, who's in prison, sees that somebody's wearing his suit while you're making a face because. Like, during the voiceover, like, the guy's saying, like, Bruce, you're a genius. Like, I don't think we were ever supposed to believe the guy that is leading Terry McGinnis down there is Bruce Wayne. I think we're led to believe he's Powers. Yeah. Because he even has, like, a a wrist communicator that has his name on it when Terry's talking to him. Oh, well, I missed that. Yeah, that's that's the only reason. And also, maybe a second reason is: were you thinking it was Toby McGinnis because you were also thinking about West Wing? No, is there a character named Toby on there? Yes, I was. I've been rewatching. I've been rewatching New Girl, and I just thought of the moment where the crazy guy gets out of his car and just keeps yelling "Toby" at them. (laughs) Oh, okay. He's Uh, Toby. That's that's late but, in the season. That's late late in the series too. That's like when Schmidt is going to get married. Toby, to. Toby. That's I, I don't know what you're doing. Are you trying to tell me your name's Toby? Uh, but then you have Bruce Wayne break out of break out of prison, has a nice heart to heart with Jason Todd, and uh, he's also uh, a little crazy, and he's seeing. Joker slash uh, Jack Napier uh, in his head. I I enjoyed this book. I've enjoyed all the other ones. Do I wish this was a, another trade in policy where I could sit down and read the whole thing? I, I think you, so. You still have that option, though. Now that you've read the first one, you can wait for the I rest do. to come out. I, <coughs> I, I, I absolutely do. Um, and, I, and I might do that. Um, right from the get-go, I was welcomed back into that Batman White Knight style from Sean Murphy, and I was like, okay, so this is basically just going to be his Batman Beyond book. Come to find out, like, five pages in that, okay, no, this isn't an old, decrepit Bruce Wayne who's not able to do anything anymore. Bruce Wayne's still a badass. He's just a little bit older and in prison now because of everything that's happened, and he's still very capable of cracking heads and doing the job. Um, so I'm glad it kind of, it zigged when I thought it was just going to be all zag. Uh, but even if it didn't, I still would have been down for this because Batman Beyond is just one of those franchises and one of those titles wherever a new Batman Beyond comic comes out. I'm like, all right, Batman Beyond, let me, let me pick this up. Let me get back into it. And it's never what I want it to be. But now I'm sure if Sean Murphy was handling it, it would probably be what I would want from a Batman Beyond book. So I'm glad I'm getting some semblance of that now. Even though we're only one issue in, and it focuses a lot more on Bruce and that trauma from Jason Todd that is kind of opening up into the wider story. Um, 
and again, even with this, Harley's still continuing to be one of the the best characters from this because now she's raising her two kids and you know, home life's not great and they're just making it harder <laughs> for her. Um I I really enjoyed this one. Yeah, this is some I think I wasn't sure how much time was passed until we got to Harley. Where you now see her kids are preteen? Yeah. Maybe thirteen, maybe fourteen. Yeah, so yeah, or definitely early teen. But I don't know if I, I, I'm still not sure what to think about the Joker showing up at the end. Like, so there's there were a bunch of these different points in this book that I'm like, I don't know how much time has passed. Now I'm halfway through. Okay, now I've caught up. So then when I'm at the very end, like, am I supposed to, you know, John? I didn't even think to think that this was just a voice in Batman in Bruce Wayne's head. I just assumed it was Jack Napier, so or the Joker. Um, but we're def- I think they're hinting at there's something more to tell because you have the teenage daughter, you know, finding out that Harley Quinn killed the Joker. But now we're seeing the Joker might still be alive, so I think they're leading to basically be like, no, she didn't kill him. I think. I think he's in his head. Okay. And I've also seen some teasers of the next issue where huh. it's in his head. Did you see any teasers what? for the upcoming Red Hood beyond the White okay. Knight series? Because I like that little, uh, hey, find out more coming. Because that's another book then. I'm like, yeah, I would, I would read that one. I would check that out. <clears throat> right. I do have to say, this White Knight series is the best of the alternative Batman timeline things that we've had gotten. Much better than Jurassic League. <laughs> I haven't read any of that. I just see it. I'm like, no. Really? It could be good. Maybe it's maybe it's better. I, I don't know. Yeah, I I I agree. The, these these are the best. <clears throat> and I think because and I don't want to say this against anyone else or whatever's come before this but like there is a love of all previous Batman stories Mm -hmm. that Sean Murphy is touching on like he seems like someone like Mm -hmm. this is my favorite Batmobile and he's driving Batman 89 but also like there's an animated Batman feel to it the fact that he's going to do the Batman Beyond, like, mm-hmm. it feels like he <coughs> he really loves those animated <coughs> series. They were part of his life, and the fact that he could tell these stories and touch upon those, it feels like he's he's got res- much more than just respect. He's got love for Batman in these worlds, and he likes to really showcase those. How did he feel about making Jason Todd the first Robin? I was okay with it. It didn't bother me either. I could see people getting upset by it, but again, like you're saying, like this is an alternate take. Like he's yeah. able to kind of pick and choose the story that he wants to tell. Um, I can see people getting really upset by that, but I think it does work for this story with Jason feeling estranged from the Bat family. Because of that, he's like, "Oh, I thought I was special. Turns out I was just the first. And then having that heart to heart with 
you know, Bruce and Jason where he's like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll give you a 10 minute head start before I hit the alarm. Like, mm-hmm. I, I like that it was like a very slight change, but it did, mm-hmm. it did resonate in the story. Like, if they had just had it be a thing and didn't touch on anything else, it'd be like, what, <clears> why, why also change that, it? But, yeah. That Robin's, <clears throat> that Robin's legacy with all the Robinson Robin book. And then there was a Robin before Dick Grayson that nobody knows about. We don't talk about that. Yeah, I don't know what book you're talking about. But even still, like that is supposed to be in continuity, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Man. <coughs> I don't a, talk it, about that book. It was a future state, but yeah. Book. I'm just saying, like, I wonder if Sean Phillips is the oldest kid and not the middle child. Who? Sean Murphy? Yeah. The the writer. Yeah, Sean Murphy. Yeah, he's a Sean Phillips. Oh, Sean. Oh, jeez. Uh, Sean Murphy uh, is is the oldest sibling and not a middle child because like I can understand like a little bit more of a chip on your shoulder if you're like Jason Todd because now not only were you not the first you're you're just there to fill to try to take the place of somebody that has already left and then you get back and you were so easily replaced like I understand that grudge but I can, you know, he tries to sell it here. So, you know, being like, oh, I, I thought I was special. I was thought I was, I was special, but I was just the first. Huh. Yeah, I don't. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm the second child, and I'm the favorite. So <laughs> I don't. Yeah, you're don't the. Favorite. <coughs> you're not the. Middle also, child. I mean, you've met you met my sister. She sucks. Yeah. Uh, There's a difference between the being baby and the middle child. I I need you to know this. Just, I know I'm 39 and I should be over this by now, but I really need you to understand there's a difference. <laughs> Listeners, I, back me up here, please. <laughs> you you won't let right in. You don't care. <laughs> Much like my parents, they <laughs> they didn't. They don't care. I'm the middle child. I'm the one that's forgotten about. It's okay. I'm overlooked. I'm left in a, a crypt and, you know, put in the Lesbos pit and then come back to life years later. It's fine. It's, yeah, but compared to your brothers, you're the one that doesn't suck. So. Yeah, so I'm just left on my own and I'm out there doing my own thing and it's fine. And maybe I kill somebody here or there, but he's going to look the other way. Red Hood and the... Red Hood. Red Hood. You, oh, I, thought you were, I thought you were... I thought you were, you know, confessing to murder. <laughs> I ran, I ran that hobo over just to get an erection, guys. Like, <laughs> no, I think that would put me in firmly in the sucks category of being a person. <laughs> uh, but that hobo was Hitler. <laughs> that time traveled, or I time traveled? Hey, we don't know. I was in the DeLorean. Look, look forward to Rocketeer number two. Next beer. <coughs> this is the best beer that John says and you know I do have one problem with it and I don't even need to take a sip because I have drinking this the most and I figured out my problem it says it's Tiki Smash yet what flavors is it delivering coconut pina colada coconut and pineapple together and yeah but you got like a coconut rum and tiki drink yeah, you get coconut and Coconut rum and tiki drinks, but not a pina colada. And this is trying to be 
a pina colada. And as we know, because we've done the research, pina colada is not a tiki drink. And that's my See, only issue. I, and I can have an issue and still like something. You can have it. You can. I would say <coughs> much I like didn't how you guys in. have an issue with the Rocketeer and still really like it. <laughs> I wouldn't say when I walked away from drinking that beer that it was pina colada because I hate a pina colada. Mm-hmm. Don't like them. But I thought that coconut was well balanced with the butteriness mm-hmm. of the beer yeah. and just flavors. It was just was great. And I drank that one first because I thought I was going to like it the least. Mm. And it was the one out of the box that I liked the most. It delivers a lot of good coconut flavor without being... Because sometimes with artificial coconut, especially in uh, drinks, you kind of get a suntan lotion. Yeah. Oh, that... Yeah. Okay. Yep. It's a it's a fine line that you walk with coconut, where it's either like good coconut or suntan lotion. Just like uh, passion fruit, it's a fine line between oh passion fruit and armpit. Mm-hmm. And guava. I think that's guava why everybody's gone with guava. Yeah. Uh, I they had guava nectar on sale at my grocery store. I picked up uh, two cartons of it because it was buy one get one free. I'm putting that shit in everything now. <laughs> yeah. It's a way to be a tropical fruit without having to run run these risks. It's just guava. Guava. But no, I think this delivers really good coconut. I do believe it delivers a little bit of pineapple. It's good. It's a really nice... It is the best beer out of this pack. I was just, you know, <clears throat> saying that just because... It, it, there's nothing tiki... I agree. There's nothing tiki about... It's a coconut... IPA. If it was if it was super mango, super sweet, super pineapple-y, like big pops, yeah, I could see it being tiki. But I think they're just calling it yeah, because they got, a buzz. You know, they're, they're just putting a buzzword on there. Cyclone. Got, cyclone. They got tropical, hopical <clears throat> crush. Why not? Well, it's, also, it's I think more tiki. I think tiki's also recognizable just for people going to buy like a, a beer as like okay, this is what I'm going to be looking for. Tropical, I think, is being put on a lot of different stuff now because like oh, a tropical hops like tropical IPA. I think tiki denotes like a different flavor profile, <clears throat> and maybe that's just why they wanted to kind of like set it apart. Yeah, I just and need also more like spice you say in a tiki drink like. You were saying fruit, but I when I think of tiki drinks, I think fruit balanced with spice, cinnamon. But you're also spice. you're also and thinking overthinking it as someone who really likes to make tiki drinks. tiki cocktails. Yeah, where I'm, I think I think I you're, think you're, I'm in the tiki a little bit more in the tiki culture. Yeah, instead of just you have a tiki chip on your shoulder. Yeah. Where I think what they're going is like, uh, tiki, guy in mask, uh, coconut uh, drink with an umbrella out of it. Yeah. Coconut. Which yeah, is pina colada. called tiki. Which yeah. isn't a tiki drink. It's a tropical drink, though. It is a tropical and I think, drink. And I think a lot of people look at those words as, as like synonyms. Like, oh, tiki's yeah, a tropical drink, a tropical drink's a tiki yeah. drink. Like, and it is better than the stone Tiki drinks. <clears throat> the the scorp yeah. you know, that tiki pack of the Scorpion IPA, this you know, their tiki none of those deliver tiki. This yeah. at least gives me coconut and coconut isn't 
it's not a I, I'm trying to I'm really trying to think about the pearl. Does the pearl have coconut in it? Like I'm trying to think of a tiki drink, a classic tiki drink that has a lot of coconut. Pearl Diver. That's the only. Uh, but I don't even know if that has uh, tea or uh, coconut in it. Uh, but I'm drinking a delicious IPA from Other Half, uh, and this is green, down to the socks, double dry hopped Imperial, coming in at 8.2. And this is an IPA brewed with African hops, guys. Hey, they're they're growing hops in Africa. Other Half got them. They made an IPA. It tastes a lot like all their other IPAs. Delicious. Yeah. And I like nice. it. Nice. Did, did the hops miss the rain down in Africa? Uh, no, they didn't, because they grew nice and hoppy. So, Paul, I know you were typing stuff on your computer, too. Um, I see there's, like, mostly just recipes coming up that use coconut rum. Yeah. So nothing that has, like, coconut like even, in it, but... Yeah. Well, the... This one, it's a... Even the Pearl Driver, which I thought might have been, just because of the color of the Pearl Diver, uh, uh, doesn't use any kind I'm of... I'm seeing, like, a rum smuggler that has, like, cream of coconut in it. Okay. But, yeah. But, you know, it's okay. <coughs> Paul, I feel like last time we, Paul, you we talked about... you love a rum smuggler. It does sound like a drink I would like. <laughs> uh, I feel like last time we talked about tiki drinks, we devolved into the same thing, too. It was just, like, <laughs> Paul looking up recipes for stuff. <laughs> I think it was what I. Dr- so, I think it's what I drank this box. <laughs> it might have been. So, John, what's separating the African grown hops from something that you know you would get here or like a New Zealand hop? Like, is it just like a different like strain, different like family that? Uh, yeah. Um, I I believe <clears throat> I I don't I don't know. It's hops that were grown there. I didn't look up what hops they were called. I know that. Hops are become a giant business. Um, New Zealand and Australian hops, like it's it's huge over there, and they're crossbreeding and creating new hops. Um, yeah, even some of the beers that we had, it, it, they don't have names. They'll be like, "Oh, grown with experimental hops C twenty seven C." Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so a lot of those hops, they're. Uh, around people, they they try them, they do something with them, and then if they start getting popular, then they become like named. That's actually the exact um, same thing that they do with uh, hot peppers now, where they don't actually have names, but they're like crossbreeding different hot peppers, trying to make them hotter and spicier, and eventually the, it'll get named. Yeah. Um, so I imagine they're probably. I, everybody everywhere is trying to cultivate this because hops are huge. You, every brewery needs these hops. Every brewery wants to be the first to use a new hop. So I imagine growers in Africa, it's the right climate, it's the right this or that, uh, and they're growing hops. I would do some research and I can get back to you. I will remember uh, next, about next that time. question. So. Uh, I, can, I can reach out to some other half people and find out what it means. You're free from homework because I won't remember. <laughs> uh, no, I I just imagine there's probably some areas in in Africa that are probably perfect for for growing hops. Um, California and that area are are great areas for it. Um, I think it's just a certain type of climate you really need uh, to do that. So New Zealand, Australia, California. Uh, and maybe now Africa. Nice. And, I mean, you got the noble hops and those things that are, I uh, mean, 
strictly grown in Germany um, and Czech Republic in that area that are specific to those those style beers. I mean, if you're making a lager or a pilsner, you're going to probably use noble hops that are only able to grow in those climates because if you took that hop strand and grew it anywhere else, it won't have the same flavor as it would uh, grown in Germany. So I learned that out uh, to, uh, on a Skype call with the master brewer from Victory. I don't know anything. So no matter where. What's that? So no matter where in the multiverse, it that strain of hop, when it grows, $187.4 million on its opening weekend, <coughs> much like Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness did during his opening weekend. Guys, you had me look that up. For the Week in Geek, and we never talked about but it. But then we started talking started, about it. I thought it was just a pass. Well, because you didn't see it, so we didn't want to discuss because the conversation uh, would grow and you haven't you haven't watched it. Um, but I was going to say, I don't know anything about the hops that go into my final beer of the evening. But I don't need to because this is just delicious as it is. And coming from one of the other breweries that we went to in Paulus down here, uh, Ellipsis Brewing, I have their I'm Already Pulled Over, a Raspberry Vanilla Goes, and... If you look at the can, it has cats on it, and it's got a little Super Trooper cat saying right meow on it. Uh, very cute, very delicious, though. Much like the uh, the berry sour that I had from Sideward, it's a very nice tart berry taste to it, but that little bit of vanilla in it just takes that like tart edge off and delivers just a nice spicy sweetness to it. Um, I absolutely love this. This is something that if I get to go to Ellipsis again in the very near future, if they have more cans of this, I'm buying another four-pack to bring home. Uh, because they only had this in cans. They did not have it available to try at the the brewery at the bar, which is something that I was kind of sad of because I feel like we talked up Ellipsis so much. But when we got to go finally with Paul, everything that they had on their menu, it was all IPAs, pilsners and i think they had like one stout which is still really good like it's amazing but i feel like he didn't get the full effect of uh, other normal offerings like you've got to have john yeah uh yeah and, and like when that was the second place we went after getting out of the airport was we went back to the ellipses <clears throat> and then it was like oh let's i we didn't spend enough time there for me to really i feel like I feel like with this trip, I was constantly like, okay, look, let's move on to the next thing. Even in Batu, I'm like, oh, let's get over to Epcot. <clears throat> yeah, I I was there for one and a half days. Huh? I flew in. <clears throat> I flew. I flew. I flew in on like a Tuesday. We had Tuesday evening, all of Wednesday, and then. Thursday morning, I flew out. And we were able, like, I, I was just going down there to go to Star Wars. You know, mm-hmm. like, we did that, and we were able to, to go to those different <coughs> I had no, like, there was no agenda other than <coughs> early, early morning at Star Wars. So it was just like, yeah, let's let's go ellipses like you pick me up in the airport we're driving home boom we were there and we stayed there till we were ready to leave and then we tried to go to sidewards but it was closed 
So then it was uh, everybody scrambling on their phones like, there's a brewery over here. And and doing that. And Did you get to go to a la carte? A la carte is really good. Uh, no, we didn't. No. We didn't do a la carte. Oh. But ne- la- next time. No. There's always next time because that's a yeah, good yeah. experience. Yeah. A la carte's. I like a la carte. I like I like Gatlin Hall for the food. I liked a, a la carte for the food. Um, Dead words just for the story, and I think I could spend some really good time there, just because their large tables, large space wasn't too crowded. Sideward, like the indoor part, very you know a small spot. It's, I think they definitely need to expand their operations yeah. in the very near future, not just for production reasons, but. Just because that place is always at capacity, like it doesn't matter when you go there, unless you're going like as soon as they open, like it's always going to be full tables, full bar because the people show up. Um, I really want to go back to Red Light, Red Light when I go back down to Orlando. We went there the one time, but it was after we had breweried. We had already too, brewery too much <coughs> when we got there, but they got some really cool. I follow them on like Instagram and stuff, and they got some cool stuff going on. And I got some cool stuff going on with a book that I bought, but you guys didn't buy it. Uh, again, this was the final issue, uh, issue number five of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: The Last Ronin. Uh, Eight ninety nine for the finale of this book. Was and it? also, I I hadn't read issue four, so I would have had to have bought two of the turtle books. Uh, which I think was it double sized. It was. It was like fifty pages. Okay. I think all of them. They've have all been they've all been like big size. It might not be like completely double, but I know they were over like your requisite comic book twenty pages. Like pages. Yeah, like, I want to say like worst case. Scenario, when we started like, reading, it was twenty four. Then it went down to twenty two, and I think we're down to twenty. Sounds about right. Um, yeah, uh, this is where it all ends. Uh, story by Peter Laird, uh, art by Tom Waltz. Guys, I'm not even going to go over everything that happens in this book because we've kind of talked about it before. We talked about the previous issues. You guys did read the first handful of them. Uh, Ninja Turtles are dead. It's up to Michelangelo to carry the torch. And seek revenge for his family that was killed at the final son of the Oroku clan. Uh, much like X-Men 92, House of 92, Paul, mm-hmm. can you tell me how this book ends? Uh, that he goes in for the kill, but April's daughter stops him oh, and no. says he can't. Do this, Mike, because this isn't what, what your brothers wanted. No, you are wrong. Uh, okay. 100%. Uh, she dies. No, she actually survives. Um, <clears throat> uh, spoilers for this book, but Michelangelo dies taking out uh, Oroku Hiroto. But I kind of expected that to happen just because there had to be some sort of end to his story. So now he gets to be with his brothers and sensei. Mm-hmm. Um, it does kind of have a cute... Chris, I like my ending better because that means that he gets to go home with April and then start a new life as a gardener. I don't know why he's a gardener. I, I, but he's... I don't know either. <laughs> um, it does have a cute ending, though, where uh, 
April and her daughter Casey are, you know, creating a new batch where they're raising a couple of baby turtles. Uh, and it does end with a to be continued. So who knows? We might see the first Ronin book coming out. Or the next Ronin? The ne- something like that. So- but to continue on the story. Uh, but ultimately, like, I really enjoyed this story. And there was an advertisement at the end for the IDW collected editions of all of their ongoing Turtle series. And I was thinking, maybe I would start checking those out if they were on sale. Because I liked this book a lot more than I ever thought I would like any Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comic book. As someone that grew up loving Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in any and all forms. It was just part of my childhood and it became ingrained in my DNA, much like a mutagen ooze. It's just part of who I am now. But the comics have always been kind of like the blind spot to that because the comics were so different from everything that I knew just from Mm -hmm. growing up with it. Um, But this just works well enough on its own as a standalone because you don't have to know what happens in the comic books beforehand. You don't have to know what's going on in the comic books now. It's just, hey, you know who the turtles are? Okay, let's go. Um, I really enjoyed it. And yeah, the books were all at a higher price point. I think the cheapest one was still probably like five ninety nine or six ninety nine when the issue number one came out. But I have no problem having invested that money in the series because I was eagerly awaiting each subsequent issue. I was amped up to pick up the finale to see what happened in it. Um, enough that if they come out with a sequel series to it, I'm going to check that out as well because it just it nailed it for me. Would you wait uh, for the trade for the price? <coughs> I think if they... Because you, you, it seems like you have a hiccup, but maybe you, maybe you only have the hiccup because you didn't want us to spend $9 on it. Uh, the, the hiccup was because I didn't want you guys to have to spend $9 on it on top of the books that you were already buying for this. Because, Paul, your book alone was like four ninety nine. John, I think yours was also like a three ninety nine book. Four ninety nine. Everything was yeah. at a higher price point. So to throw another like $10 at that, that's a lot. And, I mean, it's it's a tough purchase, but like looking at, looking at those books on Comixology... They're f- each one now is four ninety nine, but the pages range from like forty eight pages to fifty seven pages for each issue. So they are big. They're big books. I would say if this was four ninety nine, right- yeah, you you guys would have had to buy it, even if you didn't read number four, because you know enough about what was going on in the first yeah. three that not getting the the penultimate chapter wouldn't have hindered too much stuff because they do talk a little bit about what happened in the fourth issue at the beginning of this one. So I don't think it would have been um, too much of a disconnect in story. And this is a book like I've enjoyed reading. I've enjoyed reading. This is something like when it came out in trade, I think I would definitely buy it to have it, to finish reading it, I think it would be a really nice trade to have. I mean, it's going to be a deluxe issue. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's five issues at all 40 to, to basically 50 well, pages all those each. All those issues each had like 10 different covers, too, so you know they're going to have all that bonus yeah. content in the back. 
so it's something I'm actually kind of looking forward to buying, and I think I'm going to be shifting, especially considering how we're doing the trade and policy stuff now, or the how we're doing our look back stuff that I kind of liked going back to a comic book shop. I liked taking my son and buying comic books with him and I bought him a Spider-Man book. I bought him bone. Like we're almost done with that first trade of bone and he loves it. Like the next trade, I'm, I'm going to pick that up and it's great that Scholastic has, Colored them and put those, them out in these really those nice colored form- editions formats. are awesome. Like it's almost like a watercolor. It's like very like subtle like coloring on them. Yeah, and also it helps that I haven't read Bone since 2010, 2009, Whenever Chris bought, uh, it was the collected. It was series. before like, that because I had the collected edition and. I gave my, like, single volume, like, the complete story to uh, the Uno's uh, little cousin because he was at the age where he could read, but he was having trouble with reading, and he also just didn't like to read. So it was one of those, like, okay, give him Bone because, like, it's it's just an awesome, fun story. So that was probably around 2004, 2005 so so yeah because it's almost fresh uh because i didn't remember yeah which one was phone bone which one was phony bone and which one was smiley bone like i was like oh that's uh that's a smiley bone bud and then i keep reading and i'm like oh that's smiley bone oh that's phony bone Uh, no that's phone bone (laughs) like it was like i was totally lost uh but he loves it. A three-year-old. He loves it. But that was fantastic. Um, we didn't talk about it, but Netflix had picked up the rights to do an animated version of Bone. Uh, and that just got <laughs> shut down, like, within the last two weeks. Because, uh, again, we have... All the other animated series. because yeah, Netflix go through some hard times. We didn't talk about this for the Weekend Geek. We didn't talk about it as something to maybe talk about. But, yeah, Netflix is having a really... Uh, rough go of things right now, which I'm not losing any tears over it. But th- there was a time where it seemed like Netflix was too big to fail because they were just a juggernaut. And now they're just making every wrong decision that a company yeah. can be. Well, they did well, try think to like, do Friendster. What was it? Not Friendster. What was it called? Flickster? The, the Flickster. Flickster. They tried to separate the two for people who still wanted to get discs. And they didn't realize there's a thing called Redbox out there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, I mean, the other thing is, is I think I, I, I read a, like an article or listened to something where they basically were like, Netflix's biggest problem is people, they're too quick to immediately say we've we've canceled this show Mm -hmm. so people are less likely to get invested in a show now because they're like oh it's on netflix it's only going to get one season like why would i watch it if it's supposed to have two seasons and they're not going to do it or the second season is set to air and then they go we've canceled this show Mm -hmm. why would i watch that second season why they didn't know when they made that that it was going to be their last so they almost like and canceled themselves by yeah 
and by how they how their how their thing is. Like, not enough people watch. We're not going to do it again. Like Netflix for a while there, and I think this is when they were really picking up steam and uh, membership is when they became the last resort for television series that cult. There there was a huge following of oh. Uh, not Yellowstone, but was you know Ozark. there was those shows. Oh, well, no, Ozark was an original, oh. but things that had a network or cable. Um, what was the uh, Lucifer? Lucifer, and there was that show that was you know shows that we we don't watch. Yeah, no. there was other shows that we don't watch that were like, oh, guess what? The final series coming to Netflix. The uh, Clone Wars, Star Wars, Clone Wars. That had its final season on Netflix. Uh, so I think that's when they were ramping up because they had like, hey guys, you love this show? Guess what? One more season over here. And now it's like, you guys love the show? Just like you said, John, we canceled it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that's the difference. I think that's the difference that we've had over the past five years where Five years ago, Netflix was the place that all these shows were going to. We're being saved. We're being saved. Now it's like, hey, we're starting the show. If you get three seasons, you're lucky. Yeah. Uh, even look at like well, how many, what we got three seasons of um, Sabrina. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, like, it, and it's. Third. But it also <laughs> seems like. Third seasons, it's hit or miss, but the episodes that hit. It's enough to make you be like, okay, I'll keep watching it. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, they've... they I think one of their things is they were too worried about, like... Uh, people said they like this out of this series, so make it this now. And it's like, well, yeah, but people like the series as a whole. If we just do that one thing, people are going to get sick of it. No, 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 do that. You know, like... Yeah, yeah, it was creating by committee. Yeah, and just like... and But... Also, just going off reading data one way yeah. mm-hmm. instead of looking at like the whole picture, learning and the I long think a lot rest. learning the yeah. long rest lessons. Hey, this and year wore a hat like Indiana Jones, so everybody has make, to wear a hat. Make everybody wear hats, like Indiana yeah. Jones. Yeah, um, it's like the Kevin Smith story when he was writing the Spider-Man or the Superman mm-hmm. thing, and the guy's just like, Giant spider. "Can there be a spider?" Uh, which my dad still references when we go see a movie and something stupid like that happens. He goes, "Can we have a spider? Uh, like, can we have a spider?" Mister Sunday Movies uh, turned me on to the giant blue laser shooting into the sky, and now as soon as I see that, I'm like, <laughs> "Yep, that's the thing." Uh, but I think they, I think they, they. They showed everybody else who has these streaming platforms uh-huh. what not to do, and that's why all these other ones have been really successful with what they've been doing on their platforms. Yeah. Disney Plus announced just two days ago from when we're recording that they actually added more users. Uh, this is after they added more users, but not as many as they thought they would in the previous earning call. So it's like now they're kind of bouncing out and people are kind of excited. But, but that's okay because wow. they they came out the gate like at ter- terrible time for the mm-hmm. world. 
but a great perfect time for but that. the perfect time for like someone starting up a streaming service because everyone was stuck at home and like hey what are you going to do when you're stuck at home like see see what's available on Disney Plus or Netflix like and as it becomes more and more like clear going on like my Disney Plus subscriptions paid for itself just with the amount of content that we watch on it like it's there's enough stuff there new and old that I can keep going back to it Netflix, like, I'm going back to some of the stuff that I like to watch and, like, that comfort viewing, but the only new thing coming out that I'm looking forward to is Stranger Things, and that's not coming out for a while. And once that's over, like, okay, well, is there a reason to, yeah. to keep going back to it? Probably not. Aquanauts. I don't even know what that is. It's a kid show. <laughs> it's, it's, like, the only Bob, thing. Bobcat Goldwaite directs that, right? No. Uh, or, no, that's Aquabats. And that's music videos for the Aquabats. Uh, I did see a story, too, that uh, Norm MacDonald recorded a secret stand-up special that'll be coming out on Netflix at the end of the month, though. So that's something I'll watch, but... Yeah. I, I, Disney. Netflix was willing to take chances on things, but wasn't willing to continue on with them. I'll give them a thing. Give them a thing. I think, it, I think if they... <laughs> Didn't if they never said we're canceling the series, people would just stay on and be like, "Oh, we're gonna get Cowboy Bebop season two. Yeah. Oh, they haven't announced another season yet. It, don't don't cancel. Yeah. Just don't announce another season. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Just just shut up. Shut up about it. But I think the other problem with Netflix is so many other other people are like, we got to get our movie on Netflix, and now everybody's like, well. We own Peacock, so we'll just put all our movies on Peacock now. Like mm-hmm. the new remake of Firestar, uh, uh, Stephen King thing. Firestar uh, is it Firestar? Yeah, yeah Firestar. Yep, is going to be on Peacock, and I was like, it actually looks pretty good, and it's got Zac Efron in it. Like it's like, oh, that'd be good. I don't know if I'd see it in the theater. Oh, it's going to be on Peacock. Oh, I'll just watch um, it on Peacock. Not, not Netflix, but really, it's that. Uh, the trailer for the Weird Al movie came out. That's going to be available on Roku. Yeah. Um, okay, I guess I'm going to download the Roku Daniel app. Daniel like, as... I am going to get the Roku app. Like, that's fine. Daniel Radcliffe as Weird Al. Great cast. Because it's the same thing. Okay, like, Roku, I have to download the app. If I'm going to have to watch ads, whatever, that's fine. Because I did the same thing for the Tubi app, because that was the only place I could watch Train to Busan. And yeah, it was annoying getting the ads, but it was worth me downloading that app and putting up with an ad every 15 minutes to watch that kick-ass zombie movie. Like, it's fine. Uh, it's phenomenal. Like, and now Netflix is... Did you watch the sequel? Uh, I haven't seen the sequel yet. I watched the prequel anime series, which was actually pretty good, too, but... I didn't watch that. Mm-hmm. Trade of Masada is so good, so though. Good. I still think of that movie just sometimes, like, walking around, and I'm like... Let me move you on a train. Good call. Good call. So good. And the characters. I like those characters. Oh, I hate. I hated the business guy. Oh, the business guy was such a jerk. Oh, the worst. Anyways, uh, guys, we read some comic books this month, <laughs> so you you didn't. Maybe have you to. did too. Let us know what you read and what we missed out on. Emails over at bangboardcast at gmail dot com. 
make sure you rate and review us over on your streaming platform of choice for this. And you know what? While you're doing that, let us know your streaming platform of choice for movies or TV shows, because that's still a hot-button topic after all this time of streaming channels being a thing. Let us know what we're missing on those. Oh, I hit stop. Oh, it's not stopping. Paul, it's not stopping. <laughs>